All right. Good morning, Darren. How you doing, man? Good. How are you doing, Derek? I'm doing great. Uh, off to a good start today. Um, uh, so uh, what jobs you got lined up today? Today, I've got a bunch of homeschool curriculum to print. Uh-huh. And uh, some you know, business how- cards, some thank you cards, and... How, how is that uh, uh, school curriculum stuff? I, I mean, I'd imagine a lot of people are thinking about homeschooling right now, especially due to the whole COVID thing. I've been doing quite a bit of it. Um, okay. It's hard for me just because I don't have a good stack cutter. So Got you, I'm, yeah. Uh, I'm not able to save as much money on the printing um, because the way that I pay for printing is I pay per click, and that click is the same cost regardless of the piece of paper being eight and a half by 11 or 11 by 17, 12 by 18, et cetera. Oh, okay. So if I'm learning had... more about the clicks and things like that uh, from, from, you know, your channel and uh, between a couple other channels. So is the price per click. So it, that is a eight and a half by 11 sheet, correct? So a click is considered like an impression. So uh-huh. my, the way that my contract is stipulated my contract is specifically with Konica, but really any production printer kind of has the same philosophy. Um, and it just depends on what deal you negotiate with your company. I, I pay one price for a black and white click and one pri- price for a color click. And it doesn't matter if the piece of paper that I'm printing is four inches by six inches or 13 by 19 inches. I pay that click cost to run it through the printer. So for me, if I was able to print an 11 by 17 and cut it in half, then that literally cuts my printing cost in half. Got you. But because I don't have good finishing equipment, I've been printing all the curriculum on just directly eight and a half by 11s. I'm having to charge my customer more because it's costing me more. Right. The time. Yeah. You know, the time to... uh... Oh, I guess if if you're buying that page, then you don't have to cut it down, right? You're getting uh, a more expensive page. Is that what you're saying? Well, it's just that we'll just use arbitrary numbers. If I was paying 10 cents for a click, Uh but I was able to print an 11 by 17, it cost me 10 cents to print an eight and a half by 11, or it cost me 10 cents to print an 11 by 17. Oh, gotcha. Okay. But if I was able to print the 11 by 17 and cut it in half, it took my click cost down to five cents because I would get two pieces of paper out of got you. one piece of paper. Do you, do you have that uh, stack cutter still, or is it needing of service? <laughs> um, I have it and I have received a lot of feedback that it's a crappy one. Uh-huh. And so it, it does need service. It needs a new blade and it needs some adjustment. And I tried to adjust it myself but it makes me nervous to do it because I don't want to lose my fingers. That is the scariest thing. Okay, I will tell you right now, looking at those stack cutters, uh, especially when we were looking uh, before, you know, we came across your channel and stuff like that, before we were looking at, um, you know, how the heck these things are printed, you know, making pamphlets and stuff, I saw this stack cutter, and this dude had his arm, like, all the way elbow deep in there like adjusting some screws and i'm like oh god it, it you know 
never would I ever want to deal with that, you know, especially coming from a machinery background, you know, a machining background, uh, things just go wrong sometimes. And that is a really wrong situation. Uh, you know, and then I see, you know, oh, best pricing, you know, for these cutters and a lot of them are imports like, oh, I'm sorry, no, no way would I trust, uh, you know, uh, outsource or imported uh, uh, machine, you know, with my hands. So yeah, that is definitely one scary thing. But I guess with any tool, you know, safety and precaution, you know, comes into play and, you know, you use what you need to uh, get the right job done, you know, but I just put a video out here about removing labels. Um, it was released uh, last night at 11 because it took forever to edit it. But, you know, we use what we have. I, you know, I, I have some nice equipment, but when it comes to labels, I'm kind of like the entry and I'm in the entry game, you know, uh, with the exception of the DPR, that's a, a pretty good step up the, the label finisher. But uh, I mean, for the longest time, we just peel the labels uh, matrix by hand. You know, we don't have a, a unwinder or slitter or anything like that. So we literally bought like a $60 rewinder, slap the label roll on there and remove the late, uh, the matrix by hand as it spins, you know? So yeah, you know, it, it's, it's all about getting the job done with a in a quality manner you know and if it's if it's something that you have you know then yeah by all means you know use it that's what i tell you know people all the time like well i only have this or i only have that like can you get the job done yes is it good quality yes are you able to save for something better in the future you know well then that that's the key that's that's how we've kind of scaled up our businesses do what we can as long as it's good quality and then uh, you know, invest in the uh, equipment to make you money or, you know, save time. T timing is a big one, you know? Yeah. And um, I, def I definitely think that's where people can probably learn from one of the mistakes that I'm currently going through was that like the stack cutter I bought is fine. Mm -hmm. And if I put a little bit of money into it, it would be fine. But my problem is, is I, I was so nervous about because I feel like I'm I'm this one stop shop that I'll do embroidery and I'll do shirts and I'll do like printing and I'll do promotional products. Oh, I was all for embroidering when I saw the machine. I'm like, yes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And, and then I looked into it a little bit more and that's time consuming, you know. So my problem is, is I was too afraid to let someone go, like let one of my customers go somewhere else or mm -hmm. to outsource it to take more time because I was afraid of them like going away and staying with that other customer for other services. And what I have finally learned really mm -hmm. over the last week because of the struggles that I'm going through is if they leave that quickly and that easily, they weren't really my customer to begin with. Right. And so I am currently on a purge and I am getting rid of or attempting to get rid of the things that I don't use enough. And right. I haven't announced it on my YouTube channel. So this is an exclusive for print talk. I'm getting rid of my embroidery machine. Oh, I think that's a good call, man. I, I, I honestly think that's a good call, you know, and I I've done what you're doing right now multiple times. I mean, multiple times. I haven't had the print shop uh, channel long enough, uh, you know, um, uh, Alvalu Designs long enough to show, but what you have done, I think a lot of people do, is we, we get into it and then we start seeing, oh, first it's kind of like, oh, it's new equipment. What do we like? It's cool that we can do this. And then like, oh, this customer wants that. Okay, let's go ahead and start adding more equipment. And 
you're so happy you just have a customer, right? And then you start doing all these things that they're asking and you're afraid they're going to go somewhere else, like you said. And then you become like paper thin spread among everything, you know, and it's like, oh God. So we did that with screen printing, believe it or not. Like screen printing, that was to, to be doing what we're doing and screen printing with just us is a nightmare. Uh, just like embroidery, I would imagine, you know, screen printing is kind of an art. There's a lot to, to learn to it, just like anything else. It's not just like, uh, um, oh, pick it up and squeegee and you're good to go. But there's a lot of time involved in burning the screens, making sure you learn the process of uh, setting the screen and, and uh, you know, having the right equipment for that as well. And so, yeah, we got rid of everything there. We've done um, the heat transfers before. We used to do a ton of heat transfers. And, uh, you know, we didn't have enough business alongside our stickers to be able to make that sustainable, you know, and we, we, we lost money doing it. So we said anything that's not making this percentage of the profit, let's go ahead and cut and divert our focus mainly to our main business. And it, it has paid off. But it's always that thing like, oh, man, I could have made a little bit more doing it. But if I just hold out for a little bit more I, I, on uh not not like worrying about it you know focusing on the other business it will pick up that side of the business even more because you'll be more readily available you'll be able to be more efficient on that side of the business so yeah i mean i think everybody uh everybody's doing that and, uh, um that that i mean it's a cool machine they're embroidered me don't get me wrong that thing is awesome but just from the people that i've known around here and seeing them set it up and you know busting the needles the thread the tensioning you know, just the art file, you, you have to have that software. Uh, do you do you uh, do your own art files or the embroidery format? Or do you send them out? No, I send it out because like you said, that software is just it's 1000s of dollars. And yeah, it's another thing you have to learn and that you have to go through. So like well, the company me, that's here around the corner, they do, uh, you know, 1000s of designs every day, and they outsource them, they send them out. I mean, uh, and then they get them back. So yeah, it's expensive software. And it, it takes a lot of time to do that's the thing well and to me it's it's not that i'm not going to offer embroidery anymore i'm just going to do it within the bounds that my outsource suppliers are right and so yes i'm going to make a little bit more a little less money but you could also look at it as i'm going to make more money because now my time is spent focusing on the equipment that i have in-house because in reality the way that i look at it is okay i'm purging this now it doesn't mean I'm not going to get it in the future. It doesn't mean I'm never going to have it again, but it means I'm, I'm going down to the two machines and the accessory components to it of the HP latex and the Konica. And I'm going to build up those businesses and I'm going to make them run and make them work. And I'm going to do kind of like you did, how you've got your mom that comes in and helps you. Like I'm going to oh, yeah. get a helper. And once I can get a helper and build up that business and start selling more and those two pieces of equipment are fully functional, then maybe I'll look at bringing embroidery back in-house. But until then, I'm going to go back to outsourcing it 100% because I actually looked at it, and the jobs that I do the most for embroidery are family jobs. And mm -hmm. as much yeah. as I love my family, it's not worth my detriment to like help them. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. It, it, it adds up, you know, uh, it is cool to be able to do stuff, you know, for family here and there. Uh, but yeah, if you're, 
you, you have to be able to support your own family, your immediate family, you know, and uh, that's the big thing. And having a helper is definitely awesome. You know, uh, I will say it's added a ton of a uh, uh, ton of forward momentum to the business and everything. But uh, yeah, you know, as, as far as uh, spreading thin, I, I believe we, we've all, we've all done it. We all still do it. And I sure know that I am going to do it again. You know, there, it's just, it happens because you want to venture into uh, further your business and then see what else is out there, you know, that you can do. I, I will say, I will say though, I never say never, but I'm going to say it right now. I will never get into shirts again. That was, that was a rough one for me and I've done it twice. And both times, uh, you know, it's not like I lost thousands of thousands of dollars, but I, I probably lost like three grand just jumping into the whole t-shirt uh, game a couple of times, you know, and that's after selling the equipment and getting some money back from that. So it just, you know, it wasn't in my realm. Stickers is kind of our life, but, uh, oh, I wanted to talk to you about, uh, one of the big things I want to talk to you was color. Uh, so right now we're, we're having an issue with, uh, the colors on some of our, uh, prints and I don't know why it's happening now more than ever. Maybe it's just cause we're getting a lot of jobs and we're noticing it more, but the purples and blues have always been kind of a tight crunch. But just today we had like a red and an orange. Uh, for your latex, have you run into color issues yet? Uh, trying to, uh, um, you know, shift them one way or another? Or are, is you've not had any trouble really? Um, I had some trouble at one point. Like I have a couple of videos on it where we're trying to like hit and match a blue and like it turned into a bigger struggle because my cayenne print had died at the same time, but I didn't. Oh know yeah. It. Yeah. And is it not cayenne cyan? I always say that wrong. Don't make fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, you know, but hey, let it ride. <laughs> my cayenne pepper print head. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so like we were having all sorts of issues because we didn't realize the print head was dead and it started looking weird and being funny. Um, but my suggestion probably to you and to everyone is flexi has a tool where you can like pick colors and you can make these spot colors and you can print out color charts and then you can adjust what the output color of that chart is so that whenever you want to hit certain colors, you just need to make sure that you're using that spot color and that spot color can be interpreted directly from flexi. It can, you can use that spot color in illustrator, import it into flexi and then print it that way. Um, but if you need to try to hit these certain colors, if you spend a little bit of time up front and create these swatches and spot colors um, for these things. That way it's like, okay, well, I'm trying to hit a specific red or a shade of red that I know I like in these designs, and I create these spot colors that I can reference within Flexi, then basically what Flexi does, because I don't know if you know this, but the CMYK value that you input into Flexi is yeah. not the CMYK value that comes out of the printer. Uh-huh, right. Because they use the ICC profiles to modify the input color to be the new output color to be what a similar reference would be. So if you use this tool and I don't remember what it is, so I'll try to figure out what it's called or in the notes, the, the show description, I'll at least reference the videos that I talk about it on my channel. Um, 
it's a way to make these colors so that you're more likely to hit them every time. So I have a specific customer that they want this specific blue. So we spent the time to create this blue, to print these profiles so that we, every time I print on the latex, it is the same blue every time. Mm -hmm. Right. So my biggest thing is the vectors, no problem. You can shift. And uh, one of the big things with the vectors is uh, when you have a purple and blue, it's always nice to have a 30 point spread between or a minimum of 25%, uh, 25 point spread between the cyan and magenta. The issue I have with the red, with the uh, blue and purples are when people send uh, PNGs or they send, uh, you know, um, uh, rasterized images and I can't switch them. Oh my God, that's a pain. So uh, I was going through this today and I'm filming it. The two big things that I've learned are the differences on the output profile when you have relative color metric and perceptual um, uh, modifications. And so when you go to like the third tab, when you get ready to output a job, it's the color settings. I think it's called like color corrections. That's what's pulling the ICC profile. You can click on it and then you can make changes or modifications to the uh, uh, profile settings by choosing relative color metric and perceptual. You can boost the blue values, the whites and all that. And one of the cool things I found diving into this is the changes that it makes are uh, you, you can adjust how subtle they are or how extreme. So a quick recap of me just diving into everything. And I hope I'm saying this all correctly, but what I've learned is uh, when you have a color that's outside of the printer's color gamut, and you have one color that's within the inside of the printer's color gamut, you could choose relative color chromatic, and that will change everything that's outside of the color gamut, shift it to the closest color range that's within it, but it'll leave the other ones staying right where they're at. If you have like a blue and purple that are close together, but you still need to be able to tell the difference between the two, one is outside of the gamut, one's inside. If you choose perceptual, it will both evenly shift them down until they're both within the uh, color gamut. Even though one's already in, it will keep the distance of, I guess, like color shades between the two the same. That way it doesn't blend them. Because one of the big problems I was having is I have a purple that is outside of the color gamut and I have a blue that's inside. So I go to shift the purple and by the time it becomes inside the gamut, they're both <laughs> like the same color. And it just drove me nuts. So perceptual is a good option for that. If anybody's having trouble with their HP latex, you know, choose that. And then you could also boost the CNM values individually or together. Um, I'll show you in the video that's posting, but uh, I wonder if there's a way to like leave a link or something uh, to this article. Uh, maybe I'll post it in the YouTube you but, can't uh, you can we've got some show notes and i'm gonna link a video from mitch boyer he uh -huh. has a channel that he calls nice art prints uh -huh. and the last video he released which was about three months ago like it it talks exactly over this point he he focuses on doing art prints oh and yeah and he, he has a really good video that and it's related to his Canon printer, but it, it relates to every printer. Yeah, they and all have this this type of little setting here. So he has a really good visual representation, and he has samples of, like, he printed everything. Like, this is what it is for a perceptual. This is what it is for real. Oh, this perfect. I would love to check out that link because, so, you know, yeah, I, I've just been diving into it.
So he has a really good video. It's called Perceptual versus Relative Color Metric Rendering something, something. But I'll link it in the show notes for everyone to go check out. Awesome. Thank you, man. So what are some good things, man? Let's let's cover the happy notes. Let, let's see. Uh, what, what, what are some good things going on with you? I have this. I'm purging. And while it, oh, seems yeah, yeah. Like, while it seems like a negative and it's sad, it's happy because I'm really starting to focus on what I do best. And I feel like it's going to help me get out of this financial hole that I've dug myself. And I'm super excited for what the future has. Yep. One, one of the cool things that we have going on right now is uh, we reached out to a, a, a vendor for some material and uh, we're looking that it, it seems to be working okay. So we're bringing it uh, here into our shop. It should be in about a week or so. And uh, if this material works out right, it will be a lot better than the current production that we are are printing on which is already extremely well but this will be uh air release liner it'll be a, a little bit of a thicker coating but still soft and flexible so that it can be placed on tight bends and things like that so that's something that we're super excited about uh you know just bringing the next generation of vinyl that we have into our, our um into our um uh, production here it's it's always cool at least for me to experiment with certain uh vinyl types materials i don't know if you get a kick out of that too do you do you have this one type of paper you print on majority or do you like trying different stuff for my konica printer yeah, yeah for your konica i experimented a tiny bit in the beginning but i tried not to experiment and i i honestly try not to give people options either because... Yeah, no, I'm totally with that. <laughs> no option. We we print on one type of vinyl, and it is gloss. If you do not like that, then I'm sorry. Currently, we are not the customer. I mean, we're not the supplier for you. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's just the problem is is, and it's the problem that I've run into, and it's a negative that I've always had. Is it turns into inventory, it turns into wasted money, and so oh, so much. Like I carry for my Konica, like I carry plain paper. I carry a hundred pound glossy paper, a hundred and thirty pound cover in glossy and matte, and like that's about it. I have a few other like miscellaneous things, but like when someone says, "Oh, I want a postcard," my default go to is the matte. Yeah. Oh, it's it's and I don't practice. I don't even I don't even ask people. I just do it. <laughs> yeah. No. Absolutely. It's it's the best practice, and we we are all on a board with that. Um, we. I think I put this in a, a video uh, a couple of videos ago, like we have extremely limited selection and we do that selection very, very well. Uh, it allows us to have a little bit more purchasing power. It allows us to be extremely efficient, uh, not having to change the rolls on and off every time we've, we've dabbled into heat transfers and, and banners and stuff like that. And it's just, you know, eh. one material gloss vinyl. It's extremely good vinyl. It uh, has the best properties, you know, of air release and things like that. And uh, that's what's on there. It, it really sucks. It does suck and it hurts a little bit, you know, just to be like, yeah, we can't print on uh, non-permanent. We can't print on mat. You know, we get asked for mat all the time. But I don't think the production is there with how much mat we'd have to print to, you know, worth the timing. So once we grow bigger, well, that's always in the future. But yeah, like you, man, just 
just one type of media that that's our that's our go-to well i do a lot of different medias on my hp latex i'm always swapping stuff on and off but i have a primary media for my different medias like i have one banner that i use i have uh-huh. one um adhesive vinyl that i well that one i do have like a clear and i bought a mat once which i regret and but for the most part <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> like and i i honestly like i've had some jobs where it's like oh i want canvas and it's like well i could technically buy a roll of canvas but i at this point i just outsource it because it's like i'm trying i'm trying to do what i said and i'm trying to to not over buy and over have inventory of things unless like recently i bought some perforated vinyl because we had five jobs that were perf vinyl so at that point i was like okay well it's worth buying a roll of perf because we have these jobs already it wasn't i'm buying perf for one job in hopes that i'll get some more right uh, we, we we've tried it a couple of times just to to get it going and i still have like four different types of vinyl in the back that i might just send to you man <laughs> you know we, we have some matte vinyl uh, i could actually go ahead and do that i think i sent you one thing one time right what, what did i send you that we got into and we're like yeah not gonna happen um, you sent me some fridge magnet oh magnet yeah we bought a full roll of print magnet and i was like i used like three feet of it and i was like no nah, this ain't gonna happen so i literally just mailed it to you uh you helped out with the shipping man thanks because that stuff's heavy but uh yeah we uh, i don't even remember how much that roll was probably like 100 bucks or something like that and it's it's we we couldn't use it it's so we have so much more stuff back there i might just go ahead and send you your way man uh i know <laughs> you 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 have a lot of uh different uh markets for uh the hp latex which is which is really cool i mean that just goes to show you the vast majority of uh or the vast range of stuff you can do with this hp latex hell i mean i have plates that can go into the hp latex and absorb ink so i can print on cloth (laughs) you know i was being sold everything you can do with the the hp latex which is awesome unfortunately i never even have tried printing on like fabric or anything like that nor do i think i will but um yeah the capabilities of this thing i mean it's just awesome it's one printer that can do so many things and you know uh, i'm not saying you can't make money doing all these different things by any means so if anybody's out there looking to get an hp printer to be super flexible and do all these different types of medias and stuff you can find a way to do it i'm sure um yeah there's definitely money to be made and there's lots of versatility but the one the one dream that I have is that one day I'm busy enough and awesome enough that I have a printer for every type of oh printer, yes <laughs> every type of material that I run because like you look at the big outsource companies that's what they have yeah they have a machine for banner they have a machine for adhesive they have a machine for this like that's like my ideal like instead of loading media on and off it's just like well this is the banner printer and this is the adhesive printer and this is the perf printer and right right absolutely that'd be awesome that's the dream and even if you bought like honestly because the latex uh printers are so dang similar like you have the same print heads uh, as far as my knowledge, you have the same print heads. It's consuming the same ink. You know, uh, the only difference really are like extra added features. Like if you want um, to have larger, um, 
Well, not well. Yeah, anything other than like the 115, I believe, has the larger uh, seven seventy-five uh, milliliter ink cartridges, which yep. do help on the cost. But uh, if, I believe, like mine, the 365 has uh, the um, uh, what is it? Color calibration unit on it. Uh, the color eye. Does the 335 have it or no? I forget. Um, so your 365 is the only one that will do the internal ICC profiles. It has double side assist for. Oh print. yeah. Double side assist. There you go. It has print on porous media. So that's like the fabric material that doesn't have a liner. Right. Like I can print on fabric, but I have to have a liner. So which that's really... it, would be, it sounds like a really messy job, honestly. <laughs> and I've seen those ink trays and, uh, it, I, I don't know how much that would be able to absorb or it goes everywhere. I mean, I, I could just see myself spilling it, but yeah, you know, it's the, the capabilities are all pretty much the same as far as just raw printing the same print heads, the, the bigger, the drier unit is the main thing when you go up in size and that's to cure the print faster and give you faster printer speeds. Uh, all the resolutions are the same, everything like that. So for a lot of people that have been asking me, hey, is there anything, you know, like your printer that costs less? I said, you know, look, look at the uh, 115. I don't believe the 115 comes with on-site support. It's more of just like a purchase uh, dropship unit. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, it's it's definitely something that I wish I looked at first instead of getting the BN20. But it did give me that kind of experience of going from solvent to latex. So uh, I'm super happy with that, you know, and to know that, there is different grades of uh, colors and, and, and things that are different between solvent and latex printers. But overall, I'm super happy with it. You know, uh, it's a really, really good purchase. And, you know, I would probably buy another one. Um, you know, honestly, when production gets uh, real full and we're utilizing that printer 100% of the time right now, we're close. But, you know, there's still that night shift I would like to fill. Uh, we do have a job right now that is going to consume two and a half rolls. So I'm going to be running it tonight all night and then tomorrow all night. And that way we could just come in and uh, do the cutting. But um, So are you just going to send it to print and hook it up to the take-up reel and just go home? Yeah. Yeah. So we for the really long jobs, so this is literally just one design. And so it's not going to be a mix of jobs. Um we just put it all on one roll and it's just six inch vinyl stickers for um, um, a company that does something with like electronics and, and um, a fun toy, basically <laughs> like you, you sit on it and it has one wheel and uh, you can ride around with it. So um, yeah. So, so with that, like how, cause like for me, for cutting purposes, I usually don't put more than like, two or three feet within the same cutting right so we'll do copies we'll use so the how, option so how do you how do you find like what's the best for you because we have different cutters because i have the suma d which is the hp branded cutter and you've got the graph tech and like i said right. for me i usually bunch them up to however like whatever size i have however many quantity i can fit within about a two three sometimes four linear feet is kind of what i like to stick to what what do you usually find works as far as registration for your cutter so registration for our cutter we've gone all the way to 30 feet just for fun and, <laughs> and uh you know seeing how good it would accurately hit so we've gone 30 feet 
and we've been able to be within 50 thou of the actual cut line. It does skew some point. Now we can do a segmented that that's using segmented. Okay. We only really like to do the four corners and we never, ever, ever go unless it's for fun or like amusement. <laughs> uh, we never go over 48 inches things with four corner registration uh, because you don't want to pick up so many registration marks that adds a lot of time and it's slowing down a lot, especially over a lot of jobs. Uh, we stopped doing, uh, um, that a while back. So we use four corner only 48 inches max. And then that hits within 20 to 30 thousandths of the cut line. Like you, you will not see a shift. It will be even at least perfectly with the, the, um, uh, FC 8,600 that we have. So, um, that is the max there. When we roll it onto a roll, however, it need, it's backwards. So I've actually been wanting to look into this, and maybe some people know. When we print from the HP Latex printer, we print onto the roll of vinyl. So now the first job is last, and it's reversed when we load it into the cutter. What we end up doing is just unwind it off of that roll and rewind it onto a new roll and put it in the back of the um, graph tech. So that way it's just been unwound and reversed again to the correct format but when you put it in the cutter and you have such a heavy roll on the back it will be extremely jerky you will uh, load up the pinch roller wheels so you always want to make sure you advance it manually uh, to at least one or two sheets that way it's not putting any load on the pinch wheelers uh, pinch wheel wheelers the pinch wheels and it doesn't offset the cut line because the more load you have on the pinch wheels, the less accurate it is because it's not free motion. And then you also put stress on the motors and you want to kind of eliminate it because it is something you're using every single day, all day. So, uh, yeah, we always just manually advance it one or two sheets. So it free, uh, has free motion and then cut the next one, manually advance it and then cut the next one and so on and so forth. But uh, that, that's pretty much what works for us is uh, 48 inches max. And that also just happens to be the max length before it touches the ground. So, um, you know, those sheet size were good for on a day-to-day job. Yeah, I guess my cutter doesn't have that problem with being backwards because uh-huh. I mine uses the barcode registration system. Oh, and okay. Put, I can put a barcode at the top and bottom of the job. And oh, yeah. Flexi, when it reads the barcode, it knows which way if it's been loaded upside down oh it, see that's it, such a nice feature it will self-adjust so it doesn't matter if i load it forwards backwards whatever it will auto correct itself man we would save so much time just by going to the barcode a because we would be able to print on a roll no problem uh man you just sold me with that so i think the new graph tech uh i'm gonna have to get the what is it uh fc 9000 series uh, with that new barcode registration system on there, I, I bet it's going to do the same thing. I'll have to look into it, but that thing cuts even faster than the 8600 and the 8600 flies. Like it just, it goes so fast. I only keep it on like 70%. Um, just cause it, you know, it, it can start to sound a little scary, but, um, to know that, you know, that, that barcode registration, not have to be there to pull every file. It's such a, it's such a simple task. I'm like, I'm really, I'm really complaining about simple stuff, but the timing is what, you know, really makes it uh, so much beneficial. Well, the, and other, the, unwinding. the other thing though, is I, if I hire an employee, I don't have to have an educated employee. Right. You just manual labor and, you know, uh, 
to get things moving and, and going across, you know, which is, which is always nice. The simpler something can be made, the more productive it, it, it can be, you know, had, you know, it'll, it'll work easier. Um, at least that's what our experience has been. So we try and always do something as simple as possible and eliminate as many mistakes as possible. You know, uh, if there's something to be loaded, it only loads one way. Otherwise it won't work. You know, uh, we shift the, instead of printing everything in the center, we print it offset to the right because we do do a lot of sheets and every now and then you might load in a sheet backwards then the cutter won't, you know, cut it correctly. So we have everything offset to one side. Basically, if you load it in, the registration mark will not be able to be read. Uh, so that that's one little thing we do. But yeah, simple, safe, and productive. Yeah, that's awesome. But um, anyways, all right. Well, I think this has been a good, uh, a good little uh, session here. And uh, I'll have to pull some topics or something like that for the next one. Uh, you got... Um, uh, a lot of production work today or onesie twosie jobs. How's how's your day looking? I've just got a couple of onesie twosie things. And really to me right now, I'm, I'm focusing on the purge. Yeah. Good. Okay, man. Well, I know I'm going to crunch some of these uh, jobs that I have out here. I, I wish there's more variety that I could show on, you know, my channel. Everything's kind of <laughs> repetitive, but I I'm trying to come up with some cool topics to show and things like that. You know, mostly things that go wrong. Uh, I think I'm going to be filming. Uh, I, I just had a cutting blade run out and we did like, uh, I don't know, maybe a hundred dollars worth of vinyl. And we're like, Oh crap, let's reopen those packages, you know? So things like that, you know, tip blades. Uh, we just got this cool little loop, uh, ice scoop, loop, ice scoop, uh, loop old, uh, high glass, uh, to see the cutting blades. So I'll show that and a couple of other stuff, but yeah, you know, uh, I'm not as good as ideas of uh, what to film uh, as, you know, uh, you and a couple other YouTubes are. Uh, so I'll have to think about it. But um, I don't yeah. know if I'm that good of, of an example. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, uh, it's always a new topic every video. Whereas, you know, I'm just like, God dang it. I got to think of something new besides just printing a sticker. <laughs> but, you know, I remember always watching and seeing, I want to see every angle of the machine. You know, I want to see all of this and that. So I'm trying to, put out what I wish I saw before getting into the business. And so, yeah, that's kind of like my side of it, but anyways, all right, well, I'm going to get back to production. It was great talking with you, man. And uh, I'll try and uh, catch you up with next week as well. All right. Sounds good. We'll see you everyone. All right. Later. Bye.